Hello, welcome to the season two premiere of Straight from the CPA's Mouth. We're excited to bring listeners more CPAs, more information, and more interesting stories this season. I'm Danielle Blackburn, Communications Coordinator with the CPA Education Foundation, and I'm your host for today. Starting off this season with me is someone who has almost started her career as a CPA, Kat Giasova. Kat wrote CPA's Common Final Exam, also known as the CFE, back in the fall, and is currently working towards getting the practical experience hours required for her designation. We're going to be talking about Kat's journey to Canada from Uzbekistan and Thailand, what it took for her to get her Canadian citizenship, and what it means to belong somewhere. Keep listening to hear straight from the future CPA's mouth. I heard that future casting is an essential tool for long-term business. According to a recent poll, 48% of Canadians say they are $200 or less each month away from again? Do you think the energy sector is the economy is too dependent on leaves university with 26,000 considering cloud computing for my business? Filter out the noise. Hear it straight from the CPA's mouth. Kat, thank you so much for joining us today. It's really exciting to have you on the show. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Um, I think maybe before we jump into things, we should just let our listeners know that we are doing a remote recording for this episode because we are exercising social distancing. So you're calling in from your house and I'm calling <laughs> in from mine and uh, <laughs> we'll, yeah. uh, we'll see how it goes. <laughs> Um, so yeah, so like I had mentioned in the uh, intro, you have a pretty unique story. You you are quite the international individual, I guess we could say. Um, but maybe before we get into your story, I'm wondering if we could just maybe get an update of your CPA status and where you stand in terms of getting your designation so far. Well, Danielle, thank you for that. <laughs> um well, I wrote, as you mentioned, in the fall, and I'm now working towards my hours, so I need 30 months in total. I believe I'm sitting at somewhere around 20 months completed, so a few more per reports, and I should be on my way to getting my designation completely. <laughs> there you go. How has the process been for you? Um, it's been a challenge, <laughs> uh, working for, um, a firm, uh, I think is an amazing experience, but at the same time, there are challenges. It's not an easy journey. It's a very rewarding experience for sure though. And busy seasons, you know, they take away <laughs> a lot of experience, but, um, overall, I think it's worth the shot and once you complete this journey you are more than prepared to be a professional accountant so definitely worth the hard work and it's definitely a testament to the profession that's awesome so what are you looking forward to most about having your designation i think just knowing that I have completed the CPA program entirely. I know the hardest part, which is the common final exam, the CFE, is the toughest step. But I think that getting that certificate in your hands, that you're done, it's just, it is the final accomplishment. So I think I'm looking forward mostly to that and knowing that now 
I can go anywhere and do anything and all these doors are open because I'm a certified accountant. And I never used to believe as much in the fact that all these doors will open for you when you get your designation. But I'm definitely a believer now because I can see it happening in real life and practice. I can see that there is more interest in me as a an employee from all these other recruiters. So it's definitely true that getting your designation opens a lot of doors. Wow, that's incredible. Yeah, it, it's always interesting because you, you know, you might hear one thing and you don't quite know if it's true or not, but to experience it for yourself um, makes all the difference. So yes, yeah, awesome. Well, how about we get into your story. You have quite an interesting story. So you are in Canada now, um, but you did not grow up in Canada. Where are you from originally? So I was born in Uzbekistan. Uh, I was born the year after, or actually some people say the year that the Soviet Union collapsed. So technically I was born in the USSR, which is a union that no longer exists. Um, and then, um, I moved to Thailand when I was around seven years old. So, um, basically I'm a Russian (laughs) that has never been to Russia. (laughs) Uh, and I was born in a union that no longer exists. So it used to be part of Russia, but now is a, a separate standing country, which is Uzbekistan. So do you have, um, any recollection of your Uzbek heritage or culture at all? Yes, um I could never forget. It's um it's a beautiful culture. It's um it's a Muslim country. Well, it's now it wasn't allowed to be a religious country back when the Soviet Union was still the reigning power. So, um it is a Muslim country. It is I remember the food the food is delicious. <laughs> I'm a foodie, so I always uh, remember the cultural food of every country I've been to. And uh, it's just there is the cuisine was amazing. Um it is a it's a it's I wouldn't say it's it's a third world country and I say that with love. <laughs> but there were tough times. I just little privileges that I have every day now were not a norm back when I was growing up. Little things such as having hot water, <laughs> that was not the norm. And Gosh. they would shut things off like electricity and hot water a lot. Um, it's a poor country, but it's, um, the people are what make up for it. And they're just very kind, hospitable. It's, the hospitality is through the roof there. If you were to ever enter a home of an Uzbek family, they would greet you like they've been waiting for you for two weeks. They would, they would put out all the food they have and they would look like they've prepared for this (laughs) and they would sit and converse with you and ask you to return and ask you to bring the rest of your family. So it's just, it's a very hospitable country in general and the people are very kind so I definitely remembered the food and the people in general and just feeling like you're a family member to any house that you go to, even if it's just a neighbor. Wow. That's quite the impression that uh, yeah. that you have there. That's incredible. Um, and so your family, you moved when you were seven? Yes, we moved to Thailand um, when I think 
I believe I was seven uh, because I remember my eighth birthday in Thailand. So that's what I'm going off of. My parents don't really remember the year years very well because um, they went first. So there was a year or so that I and my brother, uh, we lived with my grandmother while my parents tried to set up their life in Thailand. So to backtrack a little bit, while the country that I was born in, Uzbekistan, was a very hospitable place, it was at the same time not a great place for me and my family just because once the USSR fell apart, we were kind of seen as the outsiders because we weren't really Uzbek looking. We were Russians. So um, opportunities started to dry up and my dad wanted a better future for his family. So um, he tried to take us to Canada from the get-go, but that was very difficult and it would have taken years. And my dad wanted to get us out as soon as possible. So he brought us to Thailand on a work permit. But before he could get a work permit, it took him a bunch of time. So we did stay without my parents at home a lot in Uzbekistan. So that's why it's a little difficult to track the exact date when we were there because my parents went first and then they came back and then they brought us back. So I believe I was there when I was seven or close to eight. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. What was that like for you? So you mean when I was in Uzbekistan without my parents? Yeah, or just even the whole process. You know, oh. it's it's something that most, you know, a, a lot of, you know, Canadian-born people do not experience, right? They are born yeah. in Canada and they grow up in Canada and that's just what they know. And most of the time they're, they grow up with their parents in their house. Um, but that's not the case with you. So what was that like? Um, I remember that time, unfortunately, very vaguely. Yeah. <laughs> it was um, it was a very lonely and just this gut-wrenching pain of separation. Um, I know what it's like to be separated from a parent for an extended period of time and how difficult that can be for a child. I remember crying a lot and listening to music that reminded me of specifically my mom and just crying and being alone. And I really wanted to reunite with my parents. And I did sometimes feel scared that maybe they won't come back as a kid would, you know, I wasn't 100% sure that, oh, they'll come back. Sometimes those thoughts did creep in. So that was difficult. So when my mom did in fact come back to get us, I think I got very <laughs> confident and then I was like, well, maybe I don't want to go with you. <laughs> but I was just being silly. Um, but no, my parents definitely, uh, they were working really hard to get us there. It was just financially very difficult because we didn't come from a lot. Um, we lived in a very small apartment with my grandmother and two kids and my parents. It was a one bedroom. And, um, yeah, just finances were very tight. So um, there weren't a lot of luxuries for sure. Mm -hmm. And so my parents, if they could, they would have taken us with them right away, but they just couldn't. So they had to set up base in a way there first and then bring us there. So by the time they brought us there, we were at least in a in an apartment somewhere safe. Yeah, <laughs> yeah for sure. Um, so then you moved to Thailand. They came back and brought you to Thailand. And what was that experience like? What was it like moving to a completely different country? And 
what were your first impressions of Thailand? Uh, oh, wow. The first impression, and this will always be there, is the smell. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Bangkok. We moved to Bangkok, and oh, my God, that city smells. Um, it's such a beautiful country, but Bangkok is very populated. It's, I think, 20 million people live in Bangkok right now, maybe more. I don't know. But it's um, Thai Thailand has its own smells and the food, and they have a lot of street food, which is actually rated the most delicious food street food in the world. Oh, um, really? It's, but it's something to get used to. It's a little difficult when you first arrive there, and you come from such a drastically different culture that you come there, and it's the food, the smells, everything. It just it's, it's overwhelming, and you can't get used to it right away. So that was the, it was just a shock. And then the second thing I remember is we landed and I was in the airport and um, the climate is very different as well. (laughs) They don't have winters. They're all year round summer. They're a tropical country around the equator. So I remember being in the airport and it was air conditioned. So I was like, oh, this is not too bad. I don't know what people are complaining about. And then I remember coming outside and the doors open and it was just this jolt of like heat in my face. And I was like, how am I going to live here? <laughs> so this is definitely two... a different country. <laughs> yeah, it was at such a different place. And I, uh, those two things really stand out to me because those were just so different. But other than that, I think the excitement of being somewhere new and being reunited with my parents, it was, um, it was all I could feel at the moment. So for the first, I think three weeks, it was just, wow, this, it it was more of a vacation than a permanent move. So, um, it was just, and uh, Thailand back at that point was a developing country. So it was definitely a step up from what I knew and what I had experienced. It felt all very luxurious. It felt like, wow, there's 7-Elevens everywhere and they are full of gum. Gum. (laughs) There is gum everywhere. It's not like this rare commodity that is super scarce and is only allowed for people that have money. (laughs) So it's just little facts like that. But I think the excitement of it started to wear off about one month in and my parents started going to work more and have to leave us uh, alone And again, this is, we were young, but we were alone. We didn't have a babysitter because it's not something that was a a common thing for my country. Kids were staying at home alone a lot. It it was a normal thing. It wasn't like you're not a careful parent. And we were definitely um, seven and six. So we were capable of taking care of each other. So... Um, but we were in a one bedroom, it wasn't even a one bedroom apartment. It was a studio because Thailand has very different structural buildings. So structurally we were living in a studio, a large studio. And so, uh, it started getting very boring and we started getting lonely again. And we weren't going to any schools at that point yet because my parents haven't found anything for us and they didn't want to just throw us into a Thai school because we didn't know the language. Right. So, we were at home a lot watching TV and just goofing around. And then I think that's when I started missing home again. And so it was a bit lonely. And I think that's when the culture shock started to hit me. And 
yeah, I remember those moments a lot too, but it, it, it went away eventually and we went to school eventually and things started getting better. Yeah. Do you think that you adapted relatively quickly or, and, and, you know, Thailand just became your new home and your new reality, or was there always kind of that longing back for Uzbekistan? I think I adapted pretty quickly, I'd say, because I didn't, for some reason, associate Uzbekistan with very happy memories. Mm. So Thailand was a very welcomed change, and we've been wanting to leave for such a long time. And my mom and dad were there and my brother. So that was the most important thing for me. I missed my grandparents for sure. And I missed my friends. But I was a very, I don't know how to explain myself. I was a very capable person in making new friends. So Mm -hmm. I think that I adjusted actually pretty well. I think within six months or so, Thailand felt like my new home. And then we had friends there too that Uh, were Russian. And so I don't think that I suffered a whole lot. The culture shock was there, but because I was so young, it wasn't that difficult. I think it was a lot more difficult for people like my parents because they had a lot more established ties in Uzbekistan than I did. And I think my mom, especially, I think it took her, I think it took her more than five years to finally see Thailand as the actual home and not Uzbekistan. Whereas her kids, I think it took less than a year. Yeah. So did you guys try to get citizenship in Thailand? Oh, yes. So (laughs) (laughs) Thailand is um, such a beautiful and amazing place and of course millions of people want to get their citizenship there however um it's very difficult if not near impossible because they're so populated they're very careful with who they give their citizenship to and it's usually to do with business decisions so if you're bringing in a lot of money or business opportunities or jobs you have a better chance than somebody who is just, say, married to a Thai national and has kids or somebody that was born there. So if you're born in Thailand, that does not mean that you will get your citizenship there. It's actually doesn't mean anything because my baby brother, who was born in Thailand, didn't get his citizenship. Mm. So we figured that out pretty early on because we had our Uh, My dad had his work permit for a while, and he was asking around and trying, and I think it hit us, I think, maybe eight to ten years in, that it wasn't going to happen. Mm -hmm. And that while it's a beautiful place to be, and they will never kick us out, because we have our work permit, and it's a beautiful, welcoming country, and we already feel like we're home here, it was never going to be our final destination because we never knew how the laws could change in our country or in Thailand. And that uncertainty can be very difficult to live with every day because you just don't know where tomorrow could be. And our country was experiencing quite a bit of upheaval politically. Mm -hmm. And laws were just changing every day. And we were scared that we would be legally required to return and not be allowed back out. So those concerns were why my father 
decided to start applying to go to Canada again. So we did try back in Uzbekistan. It wasn't very successful. And then um, my dad started again, I think, 10 years in Thailand because my aunt left and went there. My aunt and her husband and her kids. And so they were there and they were loving it. And they were telling us all the time about what an amazing place this country is. And we just couldn't believe the things we were hearing about it. It's like there's a better place than Thailand? What? <laughs> so uh, my father started the application process to Canada again. And that was a grueling and painful and like like timing very time consuming and expensive process yeah so by then my father has pretty much well established himself in thailand he had a business a tourism agency and my mother had a restaurant so we were living pretty comfortably at this point we were not hungry or needing desperately money or anything like that the first 10 years were very difficult we um, there were times when food was scarce and there were times where our phones would be cut off and our electricity would be cut off and we would have no one to go to. So that uncertainty has also played a significant part in my life, I would say, mm-hmm. a significant role. But I think about 10 years in, things really started to turn around for my family and we started feeling very comfortable. And my dad, his business really started to take off and my mom's restaurant was doing well. So we had the money to pay for a lawyer to help us apply and to help us go to Canada. So um, when we did that, I think we got rejected three times, if I'm correct. My father might correct me. Mm -hmm. And we we were about given up. It was so disappointing. And we started thinking of other options and thinking maybe Australia. Um, Mm -hmm. because we also had friends and family there, but my dad's like, let's just try one more time with the same lawyer and everything. Let's just try one more time. And then if this time it doesn't work, then we know for sure we've given it everything and we will start looking for other places. At this point, I was 20 years old. My brother was 19. We already felt like Thailand was it for us. We don't care. We didn't care about Canada anymore. We didn't want to go because we already were in Thailand for, like I don't know, what, 13, 14 years. This was home. This was everything. We spoke to Thai. We had friends. We went to, I went to university there. So I didn't really care to uproot my life like that anymore. But my father knew, like, long term, I needed to get a citizenship in a different country. So um, he tried for the fourth time, and we got accepted. And they said, yes, you can come as a family. And we didn't have a whole lot of time to prepare ourselves. We had to go through medical examinations and financial examinations. It was just, um, it all happened so fast. And I remember I said, I'm only going if there's a return ticket. (laughs) (laughs) You, you you didn't think you didn't think that you're gonna come back. <laughs> yes, because um I was happy in Thailand. I didn't want to go. I was in my university and I was almost done. I wasn't about to leave that. And but I had to because we were accepted as a unit, as a family, on the points based system. So if I didn't go, that would harm my family, and they might not be accepted. So I had to, I had to go. And I told my dad, I will go there and I will stay there for long enough for you to get your PR card. 
or whatever, but I want to come back. I don't want to stay there anymore. It's going to be difficult. I'm not about to uproot my life like this. I don't want to go to a country that's completely alien to me. And he said, fine, whatever. I will get you two-way ticket and you can come back, but just help us get there. He knew, I think, deep down that I wouldn't come back. (laughs) (laughs) But I got the ticket in my hands and I was like, okay, I'll go. And then that was that and that was my new and my biggest and brightest chapter I would say in my life after all of that struggle and pain (laughs) and great times of course great times too I I have so many fond memories of Thailand Thailand was kind of split into two experiences the time before my dad and mom could afford things and the time after So the time after was actually such an amazing period of my life and I will never change anything in that experience in that time and I'll forever be grateful for those experiences. But coming to Canada, that was that was a very much a new chapter in my life. Well, this sounds like a good place to pause the conversation for now. Thank you everyone for listening in. We're going to carry on the conversation in the next episode, so make sure to tune in to hear more of Kat's experiences, what it means to belong, and to hear her advice for supporting newcomers. And as always, don't forget to subscribe to our emailing list and share this episode with friends. Straight from the CPA's Mouth is brought to you by the CPA Education Foundation. The CPA Education Foundation is the charitable arm of the Alberta CPA profession, providing up to $1.2 million each year in support of business and accounting education in the province. This podcast is just one of many resource materials available through the HESHI CPA Knowledge Center. This virtual hub features Alberta CPAs sharing their unique perspective and vast expertise on topics and issues such as leadership, finance, entrepreneurship, and more. Visit cpaalberta.ca slash foundation for more information on the HESHI CPA Knowledge Center and to learn how Alberta CPAs inspire success.